I'd like to apologise to all of you that for some reason, all episodes this week, my microphone doesn't seem to have been connected properly. So I've got that slightly tinny webcam type of noise uh, coming out of my microphone whenever I speak. You can hear enough of what I say, but it's just not particularly great. So I apologise for that. I hope it'll all be back to normal and it'll never happen again. No idea. I've done this a couple of times with an episode of PSPC and another podcast cast on, so... No idea, really, whether this is the last time I'm going to forget to connect my microphone up, but uh just thought this warning's probably better than me going back and re-recording every single thing I said, uh, so apologies for that. Uh, please tune in and continue to listen, and regular programming will appear next week. Alright, enjoy the episode. takes a look at the Richard Curtis film about time, two minutes at a time. I'm your host, one of your hosts, uh, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with co-host Robert E.G. Black. Hello, hello. And our special guest for this week, Alice Lauren. Hello. <laughs> My awful pretend British accent. <laughs> I didn't even notice it was a pretend British accent, to be honest. It was, it was not pretend. Oh, yeah, no, this is, yeah, this is a fake American accent I've been doing this whole time, listeners. No. <laughs> no, I just felt I didn't even notice you were pretending what? anything. I just I, thought I, you were like, we all are. <laughs> Which could be good or bad because it wasn't noticeably bad. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't... good. Like, hello! <laughs> hello, Hobbits! At, <laughs> at some point, I will have to attempt my American accent. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was in. Hang on, I, I might as well. I, have, I mean, I haven't put any work or practice in it, but I, I had a couple of lines in my school's production of High School Musical, which I can try and say now in my awful American accent. I, I, I want to hear it in both ways, even like in a British accent hearing, like, bop to the top. <laughs> well, I, I, I just had the, the small role of the skater who played the cello. Oh, right. Um, so, so, so my part was, uh, if Troy can be in the show, then I'm coming clean. I play the cello. And then they're like, awesome, what is it? And then, do you have to wear a suit? Jacket and tie. That was it. Like, there's hardly any American in that. But I tried. That's my best. <laughs> wow. Gosh, I'm blown away. You've been, you're not British. You've been faking this accent the whole time I've known you. <laughs> Apparently, I've heard from some active friends of mine that it's easier for a British person to do an American accent than an American to do a British. Do you know? There are a few Americans who've done really good British accents. Um, James Masters in Buffy, for one. Yeah. I had no idea, like, James Masters was American, and it still surprises me whenever I see him in anything else that he is American. Um, oh, yeah, I'm trying to think of who... Some people, you're like, wait, you're British? Like, gosh. Is it... No, is Idris Elba? Maybe not. Someone. I think Idris Elba's British. Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, the main, the main famous one who's British who does American is Hugh Laurie. Yeah, from oh. House. Because the casting directors didn't want to cast a British person, and they didn't realise until he was on set that he was British. 
Which I find weird, because he literally did a British sketch comedy show called A Bit of Fry and Laurie. Like, it's he's, he's the main part in a British sketch comedy show. You'd think they would have come across that on his CV at some point. They just never watched it. They figured he was the token American on that show. I can't, I can't remember whether I've watched much Fry and Laurie. I think I like it. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, the continuation of Charlotte's line at the start of minute 15. You were ever to mention it, I should be very firm with you and tell you you must treat me like your sister and not be stupid. Or have I just made a total fool of myself and you're actually going to ask me for late night's tennis... Late night's tennis... Why can't I say that? Late night tennis tips. That's not the line. Late night last minute. Late night last tennis minute tips. tennis tips. And then Tim just says, no, it was the love thing. <laughs> and then here comes the worst line that a man like Tim could ever hear, well, that's very sweet of you. <laughs> like, Richard Curtis said that um, he used to fall in love with, like, all of his sister's friends, mm. and it yeah. was his older sister, and they just always say to him, ah, oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> he said it was, like, the worst thing he could hear from. <laughs> um, and she says... Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say, I'm just trying to figure out Kit Kat's problem. Like, you know, they weren't, like, as close of friends, Kit Kat and, and Charlotte. I mean, I, I guess more so over the last couple months. But, like, why would she say, oh, no, don't date my older brother, little bro older brother? Well, that seems more like a little think of it brother. a positive way. Think of it as a positive thing. Maybe Kit Kat thinks he can do better. Oh, Maybe. But Kit Kat does seem pretty close to Charlotte. Yeah. So it's odd. Kit Kat's close to everybody. Yeah, that's true. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah, we've got this great bit here where it's just a shame you left till the last night. You could have tried cre creeping along the corridor while we still had time. <laughs> it's just, okay, the last night was a bad idea. Ah, oh, it's a shame we don't get the payoff of this this week. <laughs> yeah. Very bad idea. It feels like an ever so slightly insulting afterthought. Last night was never going to work. She knows it isn't an insulting afterthought because she's been teasing mm -hmm. him for two months. Yeah. <laughs> like it's. Also, yeah. I guess that's why she says feels like rather than. I don't know. Like the way she phrased it is like she knows it isn't. But she's kind of almost giving him advice for if it ever happened again. I don't know. I don't know. This almost felt like a, a throw it in kind of kind of moment um there, i mean there were some things in here whether it's something like this or having to do with time where i'm like really like that's a little too convenient that's a little too you know they're tr they're trying to write for an opportunity for to go back in time yeah maybe I, I, I kind of... Well, yeah. and, but for him to fail, though. Yeah. Yeah, a little, little, little too... The payoff is he goes I back guess. and he can't make it better. But once again, this is another thing where I think, because we've got Tim narrating it, we're here, as I said, we're hearing, like, Tim's version of the story. Yeah. So, like, little incidents like this don't really bug me. I know that's a way of basically throwing away every excuse to the film as, oh, it's just the way Tim's telling it, but, you know... <laughs> That's why, I think that's also, like, there are so many issues with, like, the rules of time travel in this film as well, but for some reason that doesn't really bother me. Um, 
which is weird. I, mean, I think it's, at some points it was hard to kind of suspend this belief. I mean, I mean, obviously, for a lot of it you can, but sometimes it was like, oh, I have questions about this. This seems weird. How could he have gone back for this? How could he have went to the future? Well, I guess it's the present now, but it's the future if he goes back. So, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that sort of thing I pondered over. And I guess it's only, it's to do with within living memory, isn't it? So if he's got memory of the future, then he can go back to the future? Well, it's not the future, because he's from there. Yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with that one. Yeah, because part of me, like, at first when it was like, when it was like the first time I went back in time, like, little bits, yeah, of me were sort of wondering, yeah, like, does he just have to relive again up to that point? But then obviously, with especially how far he goes back in time in the end, you'd kind of hope not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that whole sequence, like, at the end, which we'll talk about, I sure, I'm sure, I'm sure so much when it actually happens. Like, yeah. that is just there for the emotional stuff more than anything to do with, like, continuity within the rules of the universe. And I'm fine with that. Like, it works emotionally. At least for me, like, I tear up almost every time at that end scene. Um, and I always know it's coming. <laughs> um, so have we got any other comments, really, on this minute 15? Well, I guess Tim leaves, doesn't he, and he goes... He gets in the closet right outside her room. And this is... And we start to see flashes. Yeah, I guess this is the second flashback we have, haven't we? Because when he goes... The other time he's gone back and tell we haven't had the flash back the first one. Yeah. So it's good that we're still sticking with that. Um, it, it cuts across the break in the minutes, but I will point out it does do the same thing as the previous one where it's going backward, 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 kind of moves forward a little, and then like comes in on a moment. So I think they're doing it deliberately. Just him focusing in. Yeah. yeah. Like so that. it kind of passes the moment he wants and then comes back to it. Part of me is just suddenly wondering, at what point did one of the men in the family realize they have this ability? Oh, accidentally. All you gotta do is wish you were somewhere in the past. Who doesn't do that? That's true, yeah. But yeah. You just happen to be in a dark room at the time and it works. Well, eyes shut and there you are. Yeah, I guess. And then I guess at some point they had to test it, whether it worked with the women in the family. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah, why is it just the men, damn it? <laughs> Maybe it isn't. Yeah. Just no one tells anyone else. The women can Every, go every woman is happy. No. <laughs> Yeah, just the women can go forwards in time, and the men can go back. (laughs) That's why they don't like any men. They know what's going to happen later. (laughs) So, unless there's any other (laughs) comments, then I guess it's on to our our bonus minute for this week. Or, hang on, I I talked about giving it a different name each week. Call it The Flashback this week. I don't mind that, actually. It's a decent story. So, So, for our flashback this week, we've gone with minute nine. So yeah, I guess we won't go into this in as much detail as last week, but it's more just what things are worth commenting on in this sequence, really. It does definitely feel like, the num- as you said, the number of times we see this corridor, they must change the colours a bit. Mm-hmm. Delaying. And yeah, I'm just sort of, as I did last week, I think, I'm sort of just focusing in a lot on the extras in this scene. And of course, Donald Gleason's Pink Balloons. Because uh, Donald Gleason has a thing uh, for pink balloons, if you didn't know Alice, for some reason. He requests pink balloons. Oh. And thus, when 
at the start of the film, he's walking into the dad's room for the first time. He walks past the pink balloon and like lightly taps it, as, and apparently that's him thanking the pink balloon for being there. <laughs> so yeah, Alice, do you have any sort of comments and thoughts on this minute? What do you think about Polly is what yeah. matters? Really. Yeah, what I'm trying to figure out is, like, why didn't you factor in anywhere else? Like, how normal is... I mean, you can have, like, a random talk-up or random whatever, like, that's fine. But, like, she wasn't his first love. She didn't seem to be his, like, hook-up or anything after the kiss. They didn't go on a date. There was no... You know, nothing going on. It was just some random girl, and she was like, "Well, thank you." What? <laughs> yeah, it's like it was important. It was embarrassing enough for him to have not kissed her, for it to be important for him to go back and kiss her, even though he didn't want anything more than the kiss. Or maybe he did, but it's one of those other things where, like, it doesn't pay off. Kind of the same. Like I was trying to, you know, because I, I, I know we're not going forward with the answer from from Charlotte and everything, but it was the same, like, oh, so she did reject him later? Like, when it was kind of that, I guess guess I'll speak about it now, um, with with Charlotte when she says, oh, we'll come back the last, you know, night and we'll see. And then it just kind of switches to to the next scene, and it's like, well, nothing happened, I guess not. And And then now it's the same sort of stick with, with with Polly. I mean, I don't know who said no to who or or what was going on or if it was just a kiss and they were just friends or, you know, because we... I mean, I don't know everyone's relationship to each other at the party. I mean, we well, see that's the weird Jimmy thing again. Why we see there... Jimmy, and, Jimmy and Kit Kat and they began dating, so it's not like, all right, you know, friends just kissing kind of situation. Yeah, the other weird thing, which we've discussed, this will be the third time I've mentioned it, but where are all these young people from? Like, like Tim and Kit Kat don't seem to know them all. So do, like, James and Mary just have young friends? They're all Desmond's friends. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really wish we saw Desmond at this party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are we counting down to? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like he's, he'd probably, I wouldn't be surprised, like, I'm kind of annoyed we don't have it, that there's this entire party just happening and, like, you just see in the window, like, Desmond just sitting in the deck chair or something, just looking at <laughs> Yeah. I mean, is he Desmond James's D- Desmond brother? Like, is he yeah. someone who was going through time? Maybe he's, like, confused after Oh, no, that? he's mum's brother. Oh, okay, because I was going to say, if he was James's brother, I mean, could have seen, like, sense. another... <laughs> you know, he got confused after some sort of a time conundrum of some sort. Oh, it would be awesome if at this New Year's Eve party Desmond was just eating an Easter egg. <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said, like, he's such a stupid caricature of, like, almost like you wouldn't be able to carry him as, like, a regular character in, like, a sitcom or TV show or anything because it'd be too stupid, but he's fine in this. Like, it's just, I don't know, he's just such a good character. And... Um, I watched SEO Trot, well, finished watching SEO Trot for the second time again today, uh, which the actor plays with the Desmond is in. And it's very weird seeing him playing someone who. I mean, I don't, I don't know if either of you have seen SEO Trot, the Roald Dahl adaptation. No. Um, but it's oh. written by Richard Curtis, the screenplay. And Uncle. The character actor who plays Uncle Desmond plays um, Dustin Hoffman's love rival for 
uh, Judy Dench's love. <laughs> it's just... It's kind of hilarious seeing Dustin Hoffman and Uncle Desmond from About Time competing over the same woman. It's, it's a good film. Once again, don't know where you can get it in the States, but it's good. And as it appears all of your American films have done since SEO Truck came out, James Corden is in it for some reason. Oh, I bet. I... I liked James Corden when he was British. I know that's a weird thing to say, but like, <laughs> he, the moment he started doing like the American talk show stuff, like it's fine, but he's he's not the same James Corden, really. Like, have either of you ever watched Gavin and Stacey? No, no. I, I like that we always talk about Gavin and Stacey, but oh, yeah, no, he did, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, it's so so... I know, yeah, I just remember he did, he was... What, the father of Stormageddon and Doctor Who? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great name. But yeah, like, Gavin Stacey, he co-wrote <laughs> and played, like, one of the main parts. Yeah. But the great thing about that is, um, it's a really popular British sitcom, but their last episode was in, like, 2009, until This mm-hmm. Christmas Just Gone, where they did, like, an extra episode. Um, yeah. Which, like, James Corden <laughs> came back to the UK to do, like, you know, write and star in one episode of the show which he started on, which I think was great. But just through the viewing figures of that one episode, that meant that Gavin and Stacey was the most successful sitcom of the past decade, even though only one episode came out, <laughs> which I think is just brilliant. And if there's any way you can watch it in the States, like, don't watch the American remake. Watch, I think it's called Us and Them or something, American remake. But, yeah, the original Gavin and Stacey, three seasons, two Christmas specials. It's just pure comedy gold. And I'd be intrigued to see how it works from an American perspective because it's very much... It's mostly funny because of how relatable the characters are. Like, everyone knows a character like Gavin's mum and Gavin and Stacey, or everyone knows a character like Stacey's uncle. And being such, like, British and Welsh stereotypes, I'd just be intrigued as to whether it works at all in the States. Mm. Um, Anyway... What were we talking about before? Something about about time, I assume. Minute nine. I I just wanted to say why I suggested minute nine for the flashback this week is because I think of Polly and Tim at the New Year's Eve party, kind of how it's Charlotte or Tim and Charlotte in the present at this point. Because Polly was having a great time dancing with him, and she's a really weird dancer, so he keeps like being weird about it and getting away from her. So when it came midnight, he just shakes her hand, and now he goes back and fix it, and she's super yeah, happy. Yeah, her, her grin is just... And so it's like, what if, I mean, this would now be next week, but what if at, when he does go back to the first night, Charlotte did on the last night even, just kiss him, you know? He'd be happy with that. Hmm. But he's not going to get that, and so I like that in this moment, he gave it to someone else. I, to, to, to flash forward, I do like the fact that when Charlotte says on the first night, why don't you ask me again on the last night, that we don't see it again, because I think that would have been too much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it just felt like a really awkward transition, where like you're left wondering, but not in like a good way, I guess. I think at that about, point, you know, Tim just realised that Charlotte was being a bit polite in saying yeah. that she wasn't interested in him, and he realised there was sort of no point in pursuing her any further. At least that's how I... Mm-hmm took it like i don't even think tim went back forward to ask her again yeah i hope he didn't 
I think I think Tim's better than that. For self-respect, yeah. Well, I, th- I think after changing the first night, when he came back to the last night, he would realize it wouldn't still yeah. wouldn't work. Like nothing had changed. No. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see whether they would have spent their summer any differently had he asked her that on the first night. Although it isn't the first night, is it? Like he asks her, like he says something about the past weeks. So he just asks her at like a random point. That's a good point. Yeah, he doesn't go back to the first. Anyway, that's to discuss next week on this. That's next week. Um, yeah. So, Alice, if you could go back in time to any point in your life to relive it or change it or anything like that, what point in your life would you choose? Right. Yeah, I was. I was trying to think of it, and I was thinking of it kind of the way that it laid out for Tim, where either you're trying to fix something or you're trying to soak something in. So I think for when it comes to fixing stuff, I would probably go back to one or both of my previous jobs and and try to, you know, work harder, not procrastinate as much. Um, Although at the same time, I still lived every single day knowing, you know, come on, come on, you know, pick up the pace, you got to do your work and still struggled. So would I go back and be better? I'm not sure. Uh, So soaking it in might be the the better option, um, I would just say maybe soaking in maybe more time with my grandma when she didn't have, like, dementia or anything like she does now, um, mm-hmm. and so I think m- maybe soaking that in kind of in the, in the younger years maybe would be a better option. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one. I wish I could have all of those, all of those things because it's, you know, if, if you go back can you really change something? It's sort of in the in the sense where, where Tim is saying you can't make someone fall in love with you. You know, some things don't really change. Sometimes it's your own willpower. Sometimes it's out of your control. So, Yeah, and actually, even though we're only three weeks in, I think I've already changed my answer. Um, yeah. Robert, am I allowed <laughs> to do this on the show, do you think? You could change every week. Okay, so, I was going to say, like, you guys got to think about different works. points of your life. So, so for me, like, I'm thinking about it more. Um, I think, because I was just thinking about, like, at the end, how Tim just decides to use it to take away the stresses of the day more than just to, like, relive a happy memory. And although it is a happy memory, um, the first day when I was filming my short film Unstable, like, I was so stressed, like, having not met any of the cast before not done any of this i remember like having like what felt like the longest panic attack like i should have been excited but it was just stress and like, the whole time i was filming like everyone was having a great chat and it was to me like gotta stay on schedule gotta get this stuff done that now i know it worked out fine in the end i'd just like to go back and just sort of take in the atmosphere because i don't have many memories of that actual day because i was so stressed and not taking it in Um, and I guess I I guess maybe most of my memories of the day have vanished the more I've watched the end result of my film if that makes sense I think the the more I've revisited the the specific bits that we've filmed the less I remember everything else but yeah I mean I said that was that was like only about eight months ago but you know that was that's probably what I do now and I may change the answer at some other point. Um, so, Alice, um, as well as your social media, is there anything 
particular that you'd like to promote any upcoming projects or things? Yeah, so um, I have the my panelist spot as on, on the Now You've Seen It podcast, um, which is our fun movie podcast, as I said earlier early in the week. And we have a, we have a lot of fun um, movies that are just like the quintessential, we call them quintessential geek movies, um, but, and, and, and in some sense they are. I mean, it was fun to watch About Time because I've been watching so many like superhero and sci-fi and all those movies, but um, we have some some great things down the pipeline. Um, I've also been working with the Cosmic Geppetto podcast, and we have our own little movie crew where we do commentary on on movies. So we watched Avengers Endgame together and did some commentary. Um, we've done, what is it called? Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, two great movies, and we did commentary for that, so definitely check those out. And then Robert and I have a podcast together that will someday come out <laughs> and yeah. what I've been talking about uh, greetings from Wonderfalls about the very funny 2004 comedy Wonderfalls and that will be episode by episode yeah as soon as I finally it, we recorded our second episode and then audio was missing and then we went into quarantine and I just haven't gotten back to even see what's missing yeah so that show will be out well, sometime soon. I and I guess yeah. they can all hear our, our five Monty Python specials from last yes! year. Yeah, I'm pleased we see it, the three of us. <laughs> I found it when like, I loaded up Skype, and I can't remember how many months ago. It, it said, like, on you, Alice, it was, like, last seen, or, like, last spoken, like, six months ago or something. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I guess it has yeah, been. Yeah, why do I feel like we recorded something else after? I don't even know. Yeah, did we? I don't think... Did we? Like, for some, something else. I, well, I, think I don't we, know. What else What else are you doing? We both did the <laughs> room, like, consecutive We both did the weeks. room in it with yeah. me, but not together. But yeah. I think we both talked about the fact that we did Monty Python. I don't know. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I found it all the time. And obviously, let us know when, if and when you ever need any more guests on the room. Um, when? Oh, I will yeah. coming up. Mm-hmm. I like having all this free time now. <laughs> I mean, other points I've said I hate, but what will end up happening is it won't be free time. The number of like the amount of time I've spent, like going, oh, I've got free time. I can do this and this and this. Like it won't be free time anymore. Now <laughs> it'll just be no. Yeah, I've had. Now it's just filled up with Because I already things. realized, like, in even just booking the show, I basically went, oh, I'm doing, like, nothing over this free time. And then the first two episodes of this show that we booked, two booked so the past two weeks of the podcast, happened to be recorded at the only two dates and times where I had other things on that I had to cancel. <laughs> so I've actually started using my diary now, um, which is good, which I probably should have been using the whole time, really. And not just relied on my brain. Um, uh, so before we forget, Robert, where can our listeners find you on social media? Yeah, you can find links to, for example, the Room Minute, which both Alice and Luke have been on, and links to Greetings from Waterfalls uh, on LemmingDrops.com, or you can find me on social media, uh, Robert E.G. Black. So on Twitter, I'm Lama underscore Bottle Zero, on Instagram, at the Ginger Luke, everything else, LukeAllen.co.uk. And this podcast is two minutes is at two minutes about time on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this week of about 
time, of two minutes about time, I should, I, I, there are words which I should be saying, and um, mm-hmm. I've said some of them, just mm. not in the right order. You'll get them right next time. <laughs> I shall. You, this is why you need to tune in next week to hear me say things correctly. Um, and ta-ta. Ta-ta. <laughs> 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 I was gonna be like, live, live each day twice. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like how the end moral of about time is: when you travel in time, only travel. Just when you travel in yeah. time, don't. That's the that's the moral, basically. <laughs> the two minutes about time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the about time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle Eye Productions.